We're into the second week of the Qatar World Cup and I have been fairly unimpressed by what's been going on in the football. Truth is, I probably haven't watched a full match yet. I've watched a few of the highlights of um, goal, goals and and so, so forth, but it's been really a World Cup that's been dominated by the front page headlines as much as the back page headlines. And, you know, uh, you have to really wonder how a country like Qatar... A, got a, a World Cup in the first place and B, how they managed to run a competition in the middle of winter. It's like um, a strange time of the year to be playing soccer, but it is what it is. Um, the Qatar story is all of the six and a half thousand migrant workers that have died in the building of the stadia. It's about the lack of rights and respect for the LGBT community. It's about the treatment of women. It's about corruption and bribery in bringing the event to the country in the first place. And three weeks from now, the competition will be over and we'll be on to something else. And this made me wonder about what else is going on in the world right now that the World Cup is pushing back from the front pages or holding it to small paragraphs and further into the news portals. Um, Ukraine and Russia's story is still ongoing. We've got um, a fuel crisis that's probably going to be exacerbated by the uh, onset of winter, probably. Um, You've got the NHS crisis. You've got nurses going on strike. You have Mick Lynch um, single-handedly restoring my faith in a, a labour movement with strikes, uh, rail strikes and so on and so forth and his ability to cut short uh, any abuse by um, commentators and broadcasters on the broadcast media. You have climate crisis. You've got the Tory cuts. um, That's one letter short of the proper description of them. Um, You've got the nationalism and unionism question here in Ireland. You have got the Brexit, you've got the NI protocol, then you've got Amazon and you've got the biopharma question, you've got gen- genetically modified food, you've got animal cruelty, you've got abuse of children and domestic abuse, you've got the drug situation, you've got underfunded police, you have Michelle Moan, who has benefited to the tune of 29 million, um, already given some of that through offshore accounts to her children and people who have been working flat out all their lives can't heat their houses in November and you're thinking the world's gone mad but it hasn't the world has been going like this for decades and it's the priority of an editor or um, a newspaper group owner that will ultimately dictate what gets on the front page and what the headlines will be. And right now we've got the Qatar World Cup and some other regional and local news and maybe another international piece about, you know, Twitter or what's going on in the States. And there can only be one front page or headline news story. You can only lead a news bulletin with one story. The news programmes are so short um, that we only see a fraction of what's going on. And... There's research by a number of media companies. One is the uh, 
the Yankovic organization in the States that they say we are subjected to about 9,000 messages every day, of which we're only really fully able to engage with three, engage as in purchase or make a, a decision to, to, to follow the message or, or whatever that d- d- is determined by. But the key thing is that media owners and newspaper editors and news portal editors have the same problem. How do they follow, um, how, how do they lead with the right story? And that can be a massive hit on um, audience figures and have a big influence on advertising, so on and so forth. Um, it's the same thing, how do, how do we um, prioritize ourselves? Like it's a bit of an overreach for any um, advocate of peace or of climate change to be pioneering uh, the cause of the Amazon before the fuel crisis in Belfast or making sure that their elderly parents have enough um, food for the winter. So you typically follow what is personal to you. And we get distracted by all of these big stories and I'm a big advocate and always have been about ignoring the news as best you can. Monday to Friday and then being quite selective about what you want to follow and pursue that's going to be important A to your work and B to to your to your living standard or, or how you live your life. And in the same way in sales, if you're selling anything of any kind of value, you are going to be talking to somebody who's fairly busy, whose time is uh, very valuable, whether it's a C level, whether it's a business owner, whether it's a managing director, you talk to somebody at that level, they're busy. And their job is about prioritizing. To be effective at that level, they need to be good at prioritizing and delegating. And so if you're uh, targeting a CEO with something that you think is going to be life-changing for their business, how you feel about that is really irrelevant because your job is to get them to see, um, to be aware of what you're doing to create awareness quickly through a marketing message, through a a well-executed sales campaign, um, you have got to get them to at least be aware of what you're doing and that they have a problem and that you understand their problem and that you've worked with other people who share that problem and through your collective expertise and experience, you've created a solution. And so you have to be very cautious and careful about how you try and get their attention, what language you use to get their attention, how you say what you're going to say, what your your positioning messages are, what your strategy statement is, all of that is really, really important. And I see a lot of salespeople going into um, sales activities with a really broad brush to just to cover everything without personalizing, without making the content very specific to the audience that you're targeting. And um, the more you do that, the more challenging it is for you to break through to get some kind of traction with those decision makers. Think of the number of emails that they get sent. Think of the number of calls. Think of the idea of um, the PA sitting there opening up letters and uh, direct mail pieces and think of how critical their time is for them that, that you have to be on top of your game. Like You have to be making serious inroads with every single touch point that you try to make and that again to me underlines the importance of sales teams and marketing teams working really closely together 
that the messages are really concise and clear and that everybody is able to make themselves understood at the right time, whether you're able to use the long form version of your sales pitch, a medium form, a short form, or you have one sentence that could even look like a value proposition that you're able to hit out really quickly and concisely. Um, I didn't really want to make a, a podcast about Qatar and sports marketing and all that sort of stuff, but it just dawned on me that the stuff that's going on around the event in the three or four weeks' time, like we're going to be thinking about something else. There'll be something else to distract us. Either this is the bread and circus notion where we're distracted by this in, uh, in its entirety as an event, as a sporting event, or something else will come along, whether it will be flooding or a natural disaster or increased uh, fuel prices. And so we have our own way of prioritizing stuff. Um, I think it's important to reflect on how we prioritize the things that are important to us when we're trying to reach out and talk to other people who have really got so much more stuff to be doing than listening to really badly delivered sales pitches. Thanks for reaching out and listening to this. Um, if you fancy what you're hearing, feel free to share it. And if you want to leave a review, that'd be great too. But uh, thanks for tuning in and I'll talk to you later. I work off a little bit of research from an organization in New York called the Yankovic Research Group. I think that's the title of it. And they reckon that we are inundated with uh, almost 9,000 messages every day through the different media channels and just the basic uh, vagaries of life from morning to night. 9,000 of those of which only 12 we fully engage with. So if you are an editor of a news portal, you have to decide what is going to secure you the most traffic. And if you're a CEO or a CTU or a CISO or a managing director or somebody of importance within a business, they have to prioritize their day so that they are as efficient as they possibly can be and get the stuff done that needs to be done. So if you're selling, how do you, how do you break that wall down and cut through that clutter? And that's part of your job. That's part of your job to get their attention. If you go to the Attention, Interest, Decision, Action, AIDA, or whatever other acronym you might have to fit your sales funnel or your hourglass funnel, you have to work on the basis that the first thing you've got to do is get their attention. And so that means that you have got to be really clear about the message that you want to, you want to get across. You have to be really clear about what pain points that you're going to solve for that particular person you're speaking to. 
And you have to be really good at communicating that. So before you send out your email, you send out direct mail pieces or you put your video together, you have to be really clear that you're getting the attention of the person and getting the message across really quickly and you're showing them we understand your pain, we understand what's going on in your world and we have a solution for that. And that means that you don't start off anything with your features and benefits, that you don't talk about the market leading in your territory or your parish, you're not the number one, because even if you are number one, you're probably not really number one, uh, unless you're Apple or Amazon, and even then that's time, time limited as with everything. So you have to be really clear about the messages that you want to use in your sales pitch that need to be reflected in your marketing messages, and then you're into a whole different conversation about um, the link between sales and marketing and so on and so forth. And it's whenever you really take a list of all the things that are going on and going wrong in the world, you know, something will come along tomorrow that will be horrific, another shooting in the States or something, or another a natural disaster or whatever it will be. But whenever it comes to you making a decision, you base it on what impacts you directly. And with all the best will in the world, um, with everything I've listed, solving the problem in the Amazon, it will be a stretch for the most dedicated campaigner whenever you're living in the north of Ireland and you've got so much stuff that's going tits up here. Um, it's going to be really difficult to get into um, the biopharma discussion or the Amazon or the climate crisis or water scarcity in Africa or the UK and Russia problem when there's so much going on here. And that's the key to, to thinking about communicating with buyers is you've got to make yourself relevant really quickly. You've got to get yourself in the queue at least or you've got to get yourself ahead of the queue and that just doesn't come by flipping on a PowerPoint or sending an email with the hope that the headline's working. You have to sit down and really, really create a, a seriously compelling proposition, a seriously compelling story that's going to get the attention of the right person. Thanks for listening. This is a slightly different um, podcast because I've been looking at the Qatar World Cup from the sidelines and I've not really had much interest in it. And it kind of dawned on me that it's this this story that, that has been created by Qatar is only relevant to us for four weeks. Yet for those people that live there, you know, the women and the people in the LGBT community and the migrant workers that have worked there, those are lifelong stories. And it made me think about um, how you prioritize the stuff that's really important. What are the what are the what are the things that we use? What are the what's the metric that you use? Is it like the Eisenhower metric or is it just you know, however it is that you prioritize the stuff that's really important and urgent, however it is that you do it, but you have to make decisions about what you tackle first. And um, it's normally the stuff that's close to your heart that, that rises up the list. Um, thanks for tuning in. Um, and a, feel free to leave a review or subscribe to the channel. And I'll, I'll talk to you soon.